Hi, it's Natasha. And Khalil. And we are the co-hosts of Woke Woke and Free. Free. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to our 64th episode of Woke and Free. If you've been tuning in every week for Woken Free Wednesday, you know that Woken Free is all about being real and honest with each other and you. We talk about everything and anything that's important to us, to you, the world, and nothing is off the table. In this episode, we're talking all about whether humans can get over prejudice with special guest Scott Sandish Parkin. So he's a doctor and he has some interesting insight on the subject. But before we dive deep into that, let's go over a couple of ground rules. First, have you subscribed to Woken Free on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and all the other platforms we're on? If you say, oh, Natasha, where are you guys on? Go to WokenFree.com and you will see every single platform that we're on in addition to our social media handles so that you can connect with us in a multitude of ways. Next, have you shared an episode with friends, family, and strangers? If not, please feel free to share, share, share away. Sharing is caring, guys. Next, I mentioned social media. If you wanna holler at us, you'll easily find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Woken Free. And then lastly, we'd love for you to review any of the episodes, review the show on social media, on each of the platforms that we're on. Again, go to WokenFree.com and you'll be able to pick your platform of choice, pick your social media platform of choice, and review away. Each week we like to share a little bit about us before we dive into the topic for the episode. Last week we shared what is our favorite type of flower. This week we're sharing if you could take one emotion away from all humans, what would that emotion be and why? For me, I would say the emotion that I would get rid of would probably be... I guess anger, because I think there's a lot of crime and a lot of violence that stems from anger. So I think that would probably be the emotion that I would remove. And you? So what would happen if people encountered a bear then? Well, I don't know if anger is the response to bears. I think fear and hesitation and... uh, kind of excitement as you don't well think as anger ever comes up like if they're attacking your friend that's with you on your trails would you get angry or would you get scared and sad you i get, mean that's an interesting question I, i've never spoke to someone who survived a bear attack but Woken along with a friend because I, mean, I think i would think the anger would come up after they're I attacking think I would, your friend I, I would be very fearful to be the honest. whole time even if they're attacking me like if you saw a bear attacking me you're going to be fearful i think you're going to be angry as well and then you may even know. try to scare it off and try to stop it from I hurting I think you. I would get brave, but I don't know if anger. When really? I think of anger, I think of like anything. Mm. Like, so when people have been racist or sexist or classist, anger is usually the emotion that I think of that comes up in like those circumstances. Uh, or if someone's being violent towards you. But I don't know if an animal act of violence. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, right. maybe. But... So you don't think anger could help out in certain situations? You think it's just a reaction to badness? I think it's bad a... like uh, events. I guess that's a use. I mean, thing. no, I'm not saying that there aren't any benefits to anger, but I think that the 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 cons outweigh the pros. To be honest, like I know some people turn <laughs> anger into a positive thing. They move it and it fuels them. But to be honest, I think I see it playing out more 
badly in our society than in a good way. You know, usually when people succeed and say, okay, you know, I, I made it to the Olympics. I became a CEO. I made my first million dollars. They're not like, thanks to anger, right? Like they usually no. attribute it to other emotions. So I feel like, do we really need to live in a world with anger? Because that anger seems to turn into like, the KKK raids or like burning uh, people down, uh, you know, Nazi camps, like all these horrible moments in our history where I think anger was like riddled all through it. All right. Well, the motion that I think that everybody needs to get rid of is greed because there's just way too many greedy people. And I think mm. that's kind of like the downfall of our civilization at hand. And, it's, and it leads to a lot of these other issues we have, like classism in society. Huh. I think some of that comes from just the greed oh, mentality. Or emotion, I mean, whatever. Then that would make me question, <laughs> so if you didn't have greed, then... Uh... And greed specifically, not the not the thirst or the hunger yeah, for more. Because you, yeah. can, you can always want more, that's fine. But there's a certain point when you start hoarding. It's kind of like how... They have a hoarding uh, show. Yeah. We need a, a, a general greed show where they show people that are just too damn greedy. Well, they couldn't because that would yeah that would reveal too much. Yeah, where it's <laughs> like all right, yeah. you just yeah, <laughs> and then people are gonna say, oh, well, are they really too greedy or they're just playing it safe? You know, yeah. they want to make sure they have enough for the hard times or whatever. Because you know, even people like having like a pantry full of food, you know, in a bunker, something like that. That could be considered, some people might say that's greedy. You Hey, you bought up all this food and put it down there and people are starving. So that could be considered greedy. But I, I think that's just a bad emotion for human for humankind. I think also, I mean, it's not really an emotion, but I think that people have to stop with this comparison game. Like, I really wish well, that, that is, we... that is an emotion, but that's the jealousy. Oh, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> then because, you know, I'm just sick and tired of people living their lives and constantly checking to see that what your neighbor and what other people are doing. Like, why can't we just focus on us? Like, just be laser focused on you and what you want and what you're achieving and what you're improving upon and what you're loving. Why does your existence surround the lives of others like you don't have any control over them you don't really even like on the grand scheme of things can greatly like i don't know it just yeah. to me i think that that's really problematic for our society like someone yeah. needs to handle that but and that ties in with also envy which yes. is what our guests brought up yes so. yes yes so with that let's get to our conversation with scott standish parkin but before we do let me just share a little bit about who this guy is he's an ms school psychologist who works in the south bronx and serves all school ages from pre-k to 12th grade he was born and raised in the bronx and currently resides in westchester but he wanted to work in the community that he was raised in he is bi-ethnic and attended mount saint michael academy and then went off to to, uh, study at the University of Hartford to study communications and psychology. And without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Scott Standish, Parkin MS School Psychologist. Hey, Scott. Welcome to the Woken Free Podcast. Hey, We're glad that you, you could make it on here. We're doing great. How are <laughs> okay. you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Okay. So we like to start our podcast, the personal share question that kind of <laughs> that our cat likes to interrupt on. So yeah, I don't know if you know our cat, but he'd like to uh, actually jump in on that. <laughs> he he, he must sure. be feeling my Leo side, so I love cats. Hey! Oh, hey! wow, you're a Leo? Oh, man. Yeah, right. August 22nd. 
22nd? Yep, right on the cusp. 19. Oh, wow, you guys are, are close. I'm the yeah, 19th. That's, that's cool. Super I got cute. The All right. Uh, there we we go. need to get some Virgo <laughs> action on here. I'm feeling overwhelmed by the Lions. The <laughs> <laughs> Lions are not overwhelming. Give you a sense of like Khalil, they have you, giant manes. But they Are give you joking? whenever you're around them, you have a sense of protection. You feel like you know you're safe. And see, we're special. We're right there on the cusp, so we can share some of those traits. So it gives us this unique flow of being able to see both sides. You know, just just saying, mm. just saying. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, so let's get back into the personal share. Mm-hmm. Now, if you could take away one emotion from all humans, what would that emotion be, and why? Oh, wow. <clears throat> One emotion to take away. Jeez. Yeah. You take it away from everybody on the planet. So I don't know everybody if there's things that you can solve in the world, but maybe you can take away some emotion that might help with the, those problems. Something along the lines of that. I think I would definitely have to say it would definitely have to be uh, envy. Envy is definitely uh, something that probably... If I had to let go of one of them, it'd definitely be envy. And why? I mean, because when you're envious, it just, uh, you know, it, it starts to make a lot of other things like harbor inside you. You know, you start to envy people for the littlest things, whether it be riches, um, whether it be them, you know, having a good lifestyle. It starts to make you, in my in my own opinion, it makes it feel it makes you feel like you know. It's it's kind of like you're festering, and when you start festering over stuff, it's just it's just not good. It's highly highly toxic. And Mm-mm. I choose envy because, you know, even when you're mad, you gotta own up and understand that mad is not such a bad thing. We give it such a negative connotation, but when you're mad, it's really showing your real expression that, you know, you could get angry. That's it's you know it's human for you to get angry about stuff, and that's okay. There's a proper way to channel that and use that. But when you're just envious, it's just you sit and you fester on those things. And I feel like that's the most damaging to us psychologically. Interesting. Okay. All right. That's very fascinating. I I definitely would have a different answer, but I I appreciate that. And it is a sin, right? So (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, essentially, uh, you know, your comment about uh, wanting to take away envy really does actually lead to a perfect uh, transition, which is the first question of the night, which is, what is prejudice? Ah, yes. So prejudice. Prejudiceness is just having, you know, preconceived thoughts, ideas about honestly anything about uh, someone's sex, their ethnicity, um, anything and everything possible it's just when someone just has these preconceived notions or and they can even be totally irrational and just having these biases that cause them to just have uh disdain or just have a real negative view of uh, another person culture anything of that matter mm-hmm. absolutely now why are people so prejudiced is there like some kind of like psychology behind this is is it an environment like what causes people to be prejudiced well it kind of really goes back to uh how you know this you know it's just such a loaded thing but uh you know prejudice can take in form on any sort of shape and it really comes down to you want to kind of find like a group mentality. We as humans want to find ways to relate to one another. We want to relate to a group. We want to have this 
sort of common factor or mutuality with uh, one another. And what we do is in our basic primal form is we try to make uh, connections with, you know, somebody else, another fellow homo sapien to say, you know, can I trust you? Can I be safe around you? Do you value the same things do I value? Are you someone that if I need some sort of help, I can go to you for? And that comes in so many different facets. You really, we as human beings want to have connections with one another in the most basic form. We we really just want to say, hey, when I'm going out, can I just kind of be just like you? Like, it's totally different from you, you know, identifying as an individual. But in the greater scheme of things, you want to be able to relate to other people. So you have this overall connectedness with another person. And the more connected you are to someone, the more secure you feel, not only in yourself, but as being a part of something greater. Hmm, gotcha. And what would you say are the biggest forces in our society that's kind of promoting this connectivity that humans are trying to achieve, whether it's through prejudice or just straight, just like human connection? Oh, well, the most basic form of that is, is like, do you agree with me or do you not? You know, if I, for example, like the color blue, and I think it's the best thing in the entire world, I would want to go out there and find other people that think the color blue is the best thing in the world versus somebody else that likes red. And it's like, well, you're weird. I like this. And this other guy over here likes this. or this other woman over here likes this. Well, they like blue just as much as I do. So therefore, we're right. We're awesome. And we're really cool. And we like this versus somebody else who likes red. They're going to have the same exact opposing force as I am. You want to find these unique connections with like-minded individuals and I guess the overall driving force between why we have these prejudices, <laughs> that's not a word. That's just something I'm going off with. But it's just, it's the internal mechanisms that we have on a, whether it be physiological or psychological, we want to just um, honestly find other human beings that want the same things that we want. We feel comfortable when we have people that try to stack up and match with us in every single way, whether that be through, you know, food, culture, whatever have you. When it comes to the biggest forces in our society, I was more uh, reaching to, do you feel like social media or the um, news or media itself as a driving force for kind of facilitating prejudice in the home and schools or or is it just like human instinct, like you're kind of talking about before? So, um, all right. So for the example, connectedness, you know, it's, it comes in many forms. Uh, for example, you have the most basic of our connectedness would be um, our emotions to feel empathy. Uh, every single point in our life, every single one of us has felt sad, happy, glad. Um, having those experiences, you know, it drives just on our basic, you know, abilities of us feeling some sort of emotional connection. That's pretty straightforward. It's pretty basic. We all go through it. We may not understand it entirely, but it gives you kind of a segue to say, when you see somebody else sad, we see them crying, we see them upset. We can kind of pick and tease, you know, what's happening there. Um, some people are definitely more emotional than others. And what happens is with that, it, it kind of, where some prejudice comes into this is that you'll have people say like, oh, you know, um, 
you know, put on your big boy pants, stop crying. Men should be this way. There's people in the camp where they'll say, you know, doing that builds character, builds strength. It's about being strong, building a tougher outer skin versus you'll have other people be on the more sensitive emotional side saying, yeah, that's okay. And that's fine. But, you know, you also got to, you know, take into consideration that somebody else might not feel that way or act that way. And you have basic little things like this come into play on, let's say, for example, a little league field, the coach may be too tough. And some of the parents saying like, you're not being a little bit more nicer with them. You need to take into the emotional account. Whereas the coach is like, this is something I've been doing for years. And rightfully so they might've been doing it for years. Their team comes out with winning strategies and plays all the time, you know, as a parent and your child's on that team, you might have a prejudiceness against that person. That then segues into, let's say, for example, you take that one example and then it starts getting blown up on social media. You have people that just go into this straight polarization where you're, if you're not in this camp, you're bad. If you're in this camp, you're good. And, you know, it's kind of dangerous the way social media news and other things um, in today's age you know, it's kind of made it a little bit worse where just at the click of a button, you can have, let's say for your own inner circle, read that same exact article, that example I'm just giving you right now about a little league coach that was too hard. And let's say you just pulled out that article, you're sitting inside a conference room or some other area, you're talking about it, even with your friends or your family. And you say, wow, can you believe that? What happens when you have a family member that's like, oh, yeah, that coach is totally right. You know, these kids, they're, people are being too soft. It's a sports game. Not everybody could win. But then you have the ideology of like, well, no, maybe these kids need to have a chance to feel like they're successful and everybody has a chance to be a winner. You know, that could cause strafe right there. And mm-hmm. the, prob- the problem with that is, is just that I don't think a lot of people, especially now in this day and age, know how to appropriately handle and understand that you can have your own opinions and you having your opinions is not the same as telling somebody else they ought not have their own opinion. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. With your work as a school psychologist, how does prejudice play a role in the lives of the children you're working with? Ooh. <laughs> um, I would say... As they start to get older, I would say from the time they, I'm going to say about the third grade and about when the kids start to reach into that third grade era, that's when they start to um, be able to have more of the uh, language, the knowledge, the understanding that somebody else could be very different than the other one. And, you know, bullying happens at every single level, but it seems to go a lot deeper when we get into that stage, because then, you know, children now have the verbiage and the know-how to use certain words and phrases that are, you know, for our purposes intent as adults, we will look at it and say, this is horrible. How could they be saying this and doing these things, but they're picking up these things from somewhere else. You know, it's very important. I tell my parents all the time, you need to be highly careful of what you say around the home. And you can't just assume that just because they're kids, they don't know what you're talking about. Even if they don't know what you're talking about, when they hear you use certain words and phrases and stuff in context, they start to just say and do it. And it becomes a thing where I've had third graders that are so afraid to talk to the police, especially for, you know, where I work in like the South Bronx, where, you know, they have this, they it's unfortunate, but they have this like, you know, a little bit of conflict in their mind where 
you could say questions to them. Who should you trust? You say the police, but then some of them sit there and say, well, you know, my mommy says if a cop comes and talks to me, I shouldn't say anything because, you know, I'm worried that they may shoot me. And that's very heartbreaking. Yeah. It is so heartbreaking. And I've had other kids say, but the police are, and you'll see them in the class. You'll see this in the class where they're like, but no, police officers are good. And they're like, yeah, like, let's say, you know, the the police officers that we have inside the building that, you know, greet the parents at the front gate. And they're like, well, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, she's so nice. And I could go talk to her. But then somebody else in the same is like, well, she's nice, but the other cops are bad. And it's, you could see them trying to contemplate, well, when you're in trouble, you call 911. But if you're not doing something in trouble, the police are out to get me. It's, 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 it's so hard because they don't have, you know, the, they don't have the full knowledge and understanding yet. They're just so young. Their, their minds are so young and they just don't have the the depth, the gravity and understanding that, you know, what's happening in the media can be exaggerated on both ends, but also how their parents, what are their experiences and how they've gone through something, the things that they say and do could be having an impact on these children now. And um, Mm -hmm. it hurts. It it really, really hurts because at the end of the day, you know, using police, for example, when something happens, somebody breaks into your car, you you might be getting robbed, something bad's happening. The first thing you're taught to do, no matter who you are, is you call 911. There's an emergency, you call 911, you know, and police are usually first responders. Now, depending on who's at the end of that call, could be a terrible thing. And, you know, just through the history of all the everything that we see now, everything that's ever happened, we know there are just terrible cops out there. But at the same time, there are some good people out there that went into the police force to do exactly that, to do the real police job, you know? And yeah. it's it's terrible because, you know, on one side, I could sit there and say and see exactly why. I've been on the receiving end where you know, being, being a child that's from, you know, a black mother and a white father, you know, my entire life growing up, it's just like, you know, where do you fit in? Oh, you don't have enough skin pigmentation. So how could you really be black? And I remember having friends like that too. They're like, well, you sound black, but you don't act it or look it. And then on the other end, you'll have somebody else looking at that, like, well, you're not fully white either. And it's like, well, where do you fit in with that? You know, how, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I have gone through both, you know, I guess like stages trying to see where do I fit in? How do I identify? What does it look like? And it makes it very difficult when you don't fit in anywhere. And it's like, well, who should you hate? You know, you shouldn't hate anybody, but it's like you get mad and frustrated. Mm-hmm. With that, given uh, a lot of the kind of the psychological, the hurt, the history, everything, it's, it's, it is a very complex issue. Would you say it is possible for human beings to get over prejudice? And if so, what would it take? (laughs) I'm going to say I'm an optimistic dreamer and want to believe the best in people. I really do have the best of intentions. But at the same time, too, looking at it on a basic human level, I, I have to say I really don't feel like it will ever, ever be possible just because as much as we could try to do better, strive better and be better to say like, you know, we're seeing each other as equals, there's always going to be people in camps that are going to look at another group of people and say like, 
well, yeah, we all might be the same because we're humans, but you know, you're different because of your skin color. You're different because of your the language that you speak. You're different because of our socioeconomic status. You're different because you're a man. You're different because you're a woman. You're different because you're gay. You're different because you're straight. There's always going to be people that are going to have a they versus them, you know, scenario, no matter what. And you know, categories are very important. They help us label the world. They help us organize stuff. It's good for data entry. It's good for our personal development and being to be able to look at things in so many different facets. But that being said, I don't think that there's ever going to be a time when we, as the entire human race collectively, do not look with each other, do not look at each other without any sort of prejudice. Because there's always going to be something basic something basic that says i am not like you we're like this in many ways but at the end of the day you're not just like me Mm -hmm. yeah i agree technically i think it's uh prejudice is uh, a survival instinct it's not a good one it's definitely and it tends to be more negative than positive because uh it it's usually uh a, a kind of a response to something that you don't know and so you're fearing it you're judging it you're most likely not accepting it so uh, I agree, but what about you, Khalil? What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think mm. it may be possible, not in, mm. not in our current state, like <laughs> as humans are, but I think as we advance to, like, hey, I don't know. No, you, you may have not heard the episode, but I've talked about like, uh, like humans advancing to like stage 2.0, where we're kind of mm-hmm. like, I guess like we're combined with like cybernetic parts, and we might have like basically AI kind of like on board us. I think in combination with AI, I think that can help battle some of our emotional responses to the world at hand. I mean, that's what I just think. I don't know. I might be thinking too like sci-fi for it, but mm-hmm. I think like with the help of AI and like logic, that could help us with emotions like prejudice that come out sometimes. I mean, that, that's a, that's my thought. I don't know. You know, it's it's funny that you say that because that's something that <laughs> – I think, and like, you know, definitely bring that up. Let's say, for example, there was another race of beings that came to this planet and they're like, whatever, whether, you know, not about them being, you know, nice or evil or anything like that. But, you know, let's say another race of Andromedans come into our galaxy. They're like, hey, here we exist. I feel like that would be the only time that you would see the entire human race collectively have this one unison mind that you may be male, you may be female, you may be black, you may be white. If there was a thing where we had to compete against them in some way or just kind of establish ourselves as, well, we're human and you're not, I feel like that would be the only time that you would see all of humanity not be prejudiced towards one another. And it doesn't have to be anything out of hate, but it would just be something else that would be a common denominator to say, this is human and these other beings are not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That seems to make sense. Yeah, that's definitely another thing that we can unite over. I, I feel like that would just be the only way. It's like, you know, like you said, I, I feel like I would hope like with the, as we continue to grow and develop as a species, that we can come to a point where it's just like, none of this would even matter. This in itself would just be, you know, something that they would laugh back in like 2000 years and be like, wow, look at a bunch of these dummies just, you know, fighting over the stupidest little thing. And we could come to a place where it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. We're all part of the human race. We do this and do that. But I feel like unless we have another common denominator that 
is really giving us a clear, dignified thing of, oh, this is a whole new species. This is something completely different from just us. We're never, ever going to reach that level because it's just always going to be something that somebody's going to war over or just want to always say, well, you're this, but I'm this. I'm here and I'm not. You know, you see it all the time and it just, it really stinks. I mean, take it for example. Look at what it is with kids too. Like, you know, as um, vulnerable as they are, they can be some of the cruelest uh, human beings on the planet. They say it exactly like how yeah. it is. And yeah. mm-hmm you'll see them i'll see kids it's like they'll make fun of somebody else oh look at your shoes you know look at your hair look at the way your eyes are they're too far apart this and that you know you say it this way um it's it's just it starts very basic where you start to notice somebody else is not like you and you try to fit in with a group of people no matter what you have your clicks Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Well, from a psychological perspective, do you have advice or tips, like things that people can think about when they are going through kind of a prejudice cycle in their head and they, you know, you start to, oh, look at this kind of like, are there things that people should just say to themselves or kind of just tips and things that we can do to better ourselves? Because I think that, you know, talking about a problem and, and, you know, that's what Welcome Free is all about, just kind of bringing light to issues and and conversations like this but what would you say is kind of the action plan to tackle our own prejudice on a daily basis i'm I'm glad you bring that up i think um the best thing that we could actually do is like when we encounter a situation and this is the hardest thing to do but i also feel like it's the most eye-opening for us and our own internalizing uh, internalization of how we perceive the world when you start to get mad or somebody does something wrong or you perceive let's say put you in an instance where you may be around somebody who is a bigot really look at yourself and kind of just like ask yourself this person who is doing whatever it is to me saying something mean saying something horrendous they could be straight out racist it doesn't matter it's like really ask yourself, why is this affecting me to this level? And really trying to digest this person, this individual. I honestly, I just try to, the best thing you could do is just try to look at this person as they're another human being. I don't know their circumstances or what happened to them. They may have been taught from very early on that this is the world. This is how the world should be. You know, kind of like ask yourself, is it, is it one really for your own self benefit and betterment? Is it worth you even trying to explain something to this other individual? You know, it's not your job to make somebody else self-enlightened. It's not your job to put them on a path of righteousness. And you have to look and say to yourself, too, you know, how you develop, how you grow and how you see the world. That's your view. And it's kind of like, you know, well, who are you to really tell somebody else that their way of reaching nirvana, let's say, is the most best practice way that we should be out there? Now, saying that. It doesn't mean that you should cause harm to anybody else. It doesn't mean you should be a nasty person to the other person. I mean, if somebody's being rude and you want to, you know, go back at them, please, far be it from me. You have every right to tell them off and about themselves. But the best thing you could do is, like, really sit there and contemplate, is this really even worth it to perpetuate something or have an individual who is obviously not going to listen to you? Is it really worth it in the end? And really just kind of like psychoanalyzing yourself and saying, why did this hurt me? Why do I feel this way? Especially if it's something that's not true. Um, 
I think the best example I could give is uh, just like me growing up and seeing how things were for, you know, some of the members of my family, you know, own members of my family when they would just say stuff like, you know, they would just fit a certain type of stereotype, let's say. And mm-hmm. they would fit a certain type of stereotype where even other people in the black community be like, you know, you know, you'll say like, see, look, at this is why, you know, you know, people have these views of black people. Well, it's the same thing as anybody who is white or someone who is Muslim or someone who is Asian. There's all these different stereotypes that exist out there because why we have people in our own ethnicities that follow and perpetuate these stereotypes day in and day mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. Yeah, That's I mean, why they exist. <laughs> you know, I would just add to that that like uh, so I don't know if any, everyone's uh, is familiar if everyone is familiar with Gabrielle Bernstein, but she has this book, uh, "The Universe Has Your Back," and in a, one of the chapters, she talks about like having discord with kind of uh, someone at the airport, and she kind of took a step back because the person was catching attitude with her. And she just said, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I am the other person. And so I think people forget that if you were speaking to, like, if you put yourself in the person in front of you's shoes and you were about to be visceral and vitriol with them and you were on the receiving end of that, how would you like that, right? So, like, treating people with a level of respect because we are each other. We're all human beings regardless of how much money is in your bank, how what color skin, the color of your skin etc so i definitely think there's a point to that but it's interesting your point about uh like it's not your responsibility to kind of help someone else get to nirvana i i agree and disagree in the point that like yes technically everyone is on their own journey and they have to find their way of existence but i would say that like we all have a role in being role models right so it's easier Mm -hmm. to show someone the righteous way then to tell them i agree with that like you know, if you don't want to have as much racism and prejudice in the world, then you yourself need to effectuate that in your decisions and, and actions that you take in life. And the people around you will far more take note of that by by how you behave than, than what you say. Unfortunately, human beings, uh, you know, are kind of a see first, and then they'll like, oh, okay, they'll think about it. But it, it, it's... Uh, but it's hard with, the, with media portraying yeah. in a certain light. And then us yeah. being so divided, I mean, especially in certain parts of the country where if we're really just kind of like seg- segregated. Yeah. Segregated. Including <laughs> New York State. Well, yes. Long Island, actually. <laughs> I was alluding to the fact that Long Island is like the most segregated part of the country. Yeah. Where you'll have towns that are just full of whites, and then you'll have towns that are just full of minorities and mm-hmm. no mixing really in between. So. I think that's a big issue as well, because then your introduction to the other race might be something you see like in the movie theaters, on television, and we know movies and TVs are just fantasy, or maybe people don't know that, and I think that's part of the issue, too. It, it like, perpetuates these prejudices. But that's because art begets life, and life begets art. So what we see in television is a a momentary fictional somewhat reality right it's a created reality and and it reflects sometimes our actual reality so that's why people do harp on like oh did you see all those people killing you know because there are circumstances that you can find news reportings of people shooting down or gangs and all this stuff so it's uh it becomes challenging for sure but uh go ahead yeah yeah no it's just like and and i completely agree with that because uh 
and I, I guess that's um, you know, just kind of like you know, finessing my words a bit, but uh, I, I guess that's what I'm alluding to. I guess you know, the other advice I could give to people is really you know, understand this that I, you know, what I this is a great example. All the time, I'm sitting in IEP meetings now. I don't get paid more to make your child more special ed or less special ed. We're there to work as a team. I have no problem when somebody comes to me with an opposing opinion. Just tell me why. It doesn't mean I'm going to agree with you. It does not mean the school's going to agree with the parent. Because one thing that does irk my nerves, and this is where I can tell you right now, my stance and where I can become very, you know, flustered or like, you know, biased, even if you want to say, you know, I don't like that phrase. Well, the parents know what's best. If that was the case, we wouldn't have the (laughs) ACS services. And it's like, you know, people need to understand that. It's like, you don't work in a school. You're not a teacher. You're not even a principal. And, you know, I have contentions with some of the uh, administration because sometimes they come from a point where it's like, you're thinking about money, numbers, and budget and saying, well, because you worked in a school, you really could get down to that level. And it's like, no, no, you really can't. I will still take what you have to say into consideration, but you know, I'm coming from a place that's like, I'm going to look at the whole aspect. I, there's been times I have to go into the classroom and tell the teacher, you are the problem, the way that you're acting. I can help you make yourself better so that when you have a child that has a similar type of issues, you can work well with them. There's other times I have parents come in and I tell them straight out, this is one thing I say to my parents. I'm not going to hold stuff back. I'm not going to be like another school psychologist and just beat around the bush. I see a problem. I'm going to tell you how to fix it. If you don't want to fix it, hey, you can never come back and say, Scott never told me. And it's not coming from a place of anger, hate, and malice. If I see something that's not working, I'm here to tell you, this is what you can do to make it better. But I need to see the entire picture, you know? And it's like, when people come to me telling me they're they're already diagnosed their kids with 20,000 other sort of things going on and they have all these, you know, well, my doctor said this and that, and people think I'm going to get scared when I hear doctor, lawyer. Okay. I don't care. That's great. They know the law. They know health. That's wonderful. We all have different expertise in which we come in from. My thing is to be a school psychologist and also to really look at the entire broad spectrum, looking at the child, the parents, the schooling, everything in between. So you could come in with this stuff. That's great. That's more information. But understand, if I don't agree with you, doesn't mean I don't like you. Doesn't mean I don't like your child. It doesn't mean that I don't want what's the best for your child. Every single day, all the kids that I have to see, I care for each and every single one individually. Your child is special to you. But under no circumstances am I just making a recommendation just because, oh, well, you work in the school and you have to do this and that. No, I don't. You know, And I think people need to take a step back and really see and understand that you don't even have to agree with me. I'm not going to harbor any feelings towards you. And I think those are the, you know, I think people really need to sit back and see when you're getting flustered, angry, mad, and upset. It's like, take a second and really look at, you know, look at it from a different perspective and just ask yourself, why am I getting this upset? Okay. You don't have to agree with me. Maybe I'm completely wrong and I'm totally fine with that. I am totally fine, but let's have a colloquium. Let's sit down. Let's discuss. We may never agree at the end of the day, but I'm always going to hear you out. And no matter what you have to say, I'm going to hear what you have to say. It doesn't mean I have to agree with you, nor should I agree with you, nor will we ever be friends and be happy and be in the same exact room. I work with people. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I can say I work with people that I would probably never, ever get along with in my entire life. But when they come up with a very good idea or they come up with a great point, I'll be the first person to say, you know what? They made a great point. They made an absolute great point. Maybe they gave me the information I needed to make the best decision in the world. And I will always give them kudos and accolades for it because, you know, we don't have to like each other. 
but you could be a damn good teacher, clinician, or administrator, whatever, and they make some great points. It's not me eating crow. I'm accepting that them as another individual has had a different point of view than myself, and it's probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Scott. So I think you've given the Woken Free Nation a lot of food for thought. There's some <laughs> tips that they can take to heart, you know, and learn more about how to deal with prejudice. And even though we may never get over it, not in our lifetime at least, or <laughs> right. maybe never, you know, at least they, they've got some ideas on how they can deal with it. Now, just in case they have any questions, is there a way that they can get in touch with you? What's the best way they can contact you? Honestly, um, I've been on Instagram a lot more, so they could definitely uh, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, do you guys have my contact information for that? I think I sent it over. Uh, if you can say your um, your Instagram. Mm-hmm. That'd Carry be your cool. handle. Your yeah. handle, yeah. That'd be sure, great. That's- Perfect. So it's uh it's kind of like a book. It's a play on a book and also Leo. It's L E B R O two two Libro twenty two. Um, I'm always usually on that. People could contact me on that. People can also hit me on uh, hit me up on Twitter, um, at Mocha for you, and I just use that for a play of coffee. You know, so sue me. I made it a long time ago. I'm not gonna change it. I like it. <laughs> so Very those nice. are the best ways to contact me. And then if they want to discuss anything further, I'll shoot them an email. We can talk and yeah. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Scott, for coming and sharing your story and sharing your wisdom with the Woken Free Nation. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, we do. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I feel very honored. Thank you so much. We are at that time again. It is the coming to the end of our 64th episode of Woke and Free. Thank you guys for tuning in and really uh, kind of following along in our conversation. It was really quite the episode talking about whether humans can ever get over prejudice with our special guest, Scott Standish Parkin. And, uh, you know, I always ask the question, uh, will I leave you hanging for what our next episode will be about? Drum roll, please. On our next episode, we will be discussing... The history of prostitution. (laughs) That's a small topic to cover. Make sure you follow us on social media to follow along in the conversation. And make sure you tune in next week for Woken Free Wednesday to join the conversation at WokenFree.com. Wow. (laughs) If you want to be a guest on the show... I'm still at wow there, guys. But (laughs) please submit a topic for an upcoming episode. Share how you feel. Hit us up on our Contact Us page at WokenFree.com. That is W-O-K-E-N-F-R-E-E.com. Again, if you want to hit us up on social media, always feel free to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Woken Free. And have you checked out our YouTube channel as well? Go to WokenFree.com. You'll ha- see all of our handles. And uh, I think you'll uh, like all the content out there. If you didn't already subscribe, please do share the episode. And make sure you come back to join the conversation every Wednesday for Woken Free Wednesdays. Remember, Woken Free is more than a podcast, it is a way of life. Until next time.